Welcome to Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national stories focusing on news, politics, and current events. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Welcome to Update One. I'm your host, Shannon Fisher, and today we are going to talk about solution-based journalism. My guest is Daniel Heimpel. He is the publisher of the Chronicle of Social Change and the founder of Fostering Media Connections. He is also a lecturer at the University of California, Berkeley, where he created the Interdisciplinary Journalism for Social Change program. For coverage of child welfare issues, Daniel has been the recipient of numerous journalism awards, including recognition from the Children's Advocacy Institute, the Los Angeles Press Club, and the Child Welfare League of America. Daniel's work in these endeavors is inspiring, and today we're going to focus on solution-based journalism and, and how the Journalism for Social Change program was created. So let's let's dive right in. Daniel, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for that uh, really thorough and wonderful introduction. <laughs> well, you've had a, a thorough and, and wonderful input into this issue. Uh, the, the very term solution-based journalism sounds like something that is very much needed. So many stories out there describe the failures of certain programs without offering solutions as to how to fix the issues that are causing the problems. So you you kind of serve as the ultimate example of a solution-based journalist. And so what, what initially inspired you? You to follow this path? It all started, I was um, at Annenberg as a graduate student, and I was refing lacrosse games to make extra money, and um, I heard about an all-black and Latino team in South Central Los Angeles, and I thought that that would make a good story, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, lacrosse is a very uh, white prep school sport, and so I went went down to the field, indeed, uh, all black Latino team, indeed they lost every game, and I decided to volunteer as a coach. And and so instead of writing a story then and there, I volunteered as a coach. One of my players had kind of those adolescent male problems that we all have, um, you know, who's kind of liked to fight and, you know, was a little aggressive and angry, and I and I uh, said, well, what's up with this? What do your parents say? And he said, I don't have any parents. And then he said, uh, I live in a group home. And I went down to his group home in South LA, and I met six boys, and all they were talking about was how they worked with their moms and what that meant to them. And that was the first story. I, and I wrote a story about that for the LA Weekly. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, my entree into this world. I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, then I mentored that young man, Chris, for years, and no, I was going to go down this path, um, but that's how it started. Okay, excellent. It, we usually do stumble into things that, that take us on a path we never expected. And so, so Journalism for Social Change is a collaboration between UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism, the Goldman School of Public Policy, and the School of Social Welfare. And so these students are converging in your program and learning some of the main tenets, I'm assuming, of the other fields. Uh, what role does each school play in the program? Yeah, so everything's housed at the Goldman School of Public Policy. So, so essentially, it's it's a class offered uh, at Goldman, wherein and it's marketed to journalism students and social welfare students, mm -hmm. um, and they all come in to work together to essentially learn how to uh, produce solution-based journalism um, around children's issues, primarily child welfare issues, so foster care and the 
things that lead children into foster care, child maltreatment more broadly. Right. Um, and, and so what they do is, is they come together and then they work on stories um, over the semester and they're doing um, internships that are practical, they're in the field working as social workers so they have that perspective. The journalism students, you know, they're journalism students that are looking for stories. Typically I think that uh, journalism schools don't do a great job in terms of providing content. Who really cares if you go out into the world and you don't have a good story to pitch? Right. So come there, they get fed a lot of good stories. And then the policy folks, you know, I think bring a sort of, a, a, you know, one kind of a vision of how you can change things deep into the future as well as sort of a rigor, an analy analytical rigor when examining a solution. So, you know, they're all about coming up with policy solutions. So you apply that analytical rigor to your reporting about it. Mm -hmm. It raises the bar on this now kind of growing field of solution-based journalism or solutions journalism, whatever you want to call it. So right. um, I think that the policy students are really the all, – all components are important, but the policy students are already imbued with a lot of skills that are easy to apply um, for them. That's fantastic. And so, so you're teaching non-journalists about story structure and research and how to write a compelling story that's newsworthy. Um, and so with so much of public policy and social work not being covered in the news, uh, other than when tragedy or scandal strikes, what is the main thing that you tell your students to make their stories newsworthy? Well, I, I mean, I think that, I, th I mean, newsworthiness comes in many different ways, as you know. Yeah. Um, I think that there's uh, often pretty straight news hooks with new policy being introduced that can be talked about, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's state-level legislation or federal legislation. I mean, you covered, uh, you know, a holdup in federal legislation, mm -hmm. so you had a very clear, easy, straightforward news hook. But um, I think that overall, I think it's hard to get into this stuff um, mm -hmm. or seemingly difficult, but again, you know, I, it, it's hard when you're doing enterprise journalism, when you're kind of breaking news. But really, I think that the, the trick is to find sort of what I like to call soft spots in public policy that explain, like, what an impediment to improving outcomes for kids is very clearly and talk about the institutional barriers to that happening. And you make that complex thing comprehensible. People really like that. Um, and so that in and of itself begats a sort of newsworthiness um, that I've seen. I mean, I've seen very seemingly wonky stories, but as long as it's narrowed in on, on a, this, these soft spots in public policy, I've seen journalists um, pick up and follow many, many times. That is excellent. That's excellent. And, and it seems like the role of fact-finding is really, really crucial in uh, making a piece valid and uh, really objective. And so how can a journalist discern between impartial studies that have been conducted uh, to produce a specific result and real studies that are objective that they can use uh, in, their, in their pieces? This is something that, you know, I think is really clearly important. I, first of all, you, you say you're a solution-based journalist. Um, other journalists may think that you're an advocate. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, you know, the public may think that too. I, I really think that you have to really be clear about stacking your evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're talking about a solution, 
you've got to report on it with equal vigor as you'd report on a problem. And I think right. that that's all there is to it. But I think when it comes to, um, we have a very strange world where there's a lot of differences in the quality of sources. And I think when you see advocacy um, papers or advocacy, you know, they, they are coming from a very clear point of view or perspective. So um, getting to the primary source is very important. And, and you know, you move down a hierarchy of, of credibility, you have to be skeptical of all of that this stuff mm -hmm. that's coming across your desk. And I would like journalists just to remember to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. um, if you're investigating a solution, don't think it's going to work. You know, talk, figure out what the impediments to making it work are, and make that part of your story. Sure, sure. And so, so where where is that line between solution-based journalism and advocacy? Well, I mean, I think you know, uh, I mean, it's just journalism in the public interest. I don't. I think that there is a um, a sort of a signaling in nonprofit journalism, whereas you know, solution-based journalism could be the espousal of successful initiatives by the people that fund you, right? So I right. think that's a problem. I think that there is, you know, th there is that danger. So one has to be very vigilant about it. Um, but I think that really, you know, spending as much time focusing on solutions as you do focusing on problems is not advocacy. It's just looking at the world with a little bit more responsibility. So I don't really think it's advocacy. Uh, unless you're an advocate, then it is. Right, right, most definitely. And so uh, so how how do people who are, are writing to, for a solution, how do they maintain their objectivity and how do they take their emotion out of the equation when they really do care about the result? You know, I think as long as you're not the promulgator of the answer, mm -hmm. So I think, I think, yeah, I mean, if you're impassioned about something, it's hard to be objective about it, whether or not you're just talking about the problem or whether or not you're talking about the solution. So I don't really think it changes the equation that much. The bottom line for me is I came at this from a position of where I wanted Chris, the kid who I met when I was coaching that lacrosse team, to have a better future. And I thought that speeding the implementation of public policy was the route to doing that for um, his brothers and sisters, which to a certain degree, his brothers and sisters in the system, but to a certain degree that's true, but really to do what we need to do, you know, the means to the end of making it better for kids like Chris is not improving public policy. That's like an interim goal. The, the, the real way to do that is to change journalism. You know, that's, that's where I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see journalism changed. Right. Um, so that is, the, that is the ultimate goal, so that journalism can actually have a, a positive impact as opposed to, to simply reporting on the negative aspects of society. So the online course, um, are you going to offer it online again? And if anybody listening, uh, any journalists or social workers or people who work in public policy are interested in doing that class, how can they, how can they find it? Yeah, so, so um, it's, it's on the edX learning platform. If you type in journalism for social change and edX, you, you'd find it relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a class on offer now. It's a seven-week class. Um, you know, we'll be relaunching um, sometime later this year, um, but, but I don't know when that run is going to be at this exact moment. But sure. we ran it twice, one 
one to about 200 students, the next one to like 7,600 students, where when we do that, we'll definitely alert you so you can alert the world. Okay, great. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for uh, for talking about this. I, I mean, this is a, it's a game changer as far as being able to change public policy. I mean, hopefully, yeah. I I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this information with us. I I know that so many of the journalists of the National Press Club are going to be really interested in this because most people want to be able to make a difference. And and this is enabling people to do it through careers that they already exist uh, in fields that they're already trained in. So uh, kudos to you for for starting this and for for spreading it around. Well, thanks. And, you know, this is all, you know, I just want to, say that, you know, this is not to denigrate the, the proud history of journalism. I, I, it's only to say that if you spend 80% of your time focusing on uh, what bleeds leads, just mm-hmm. spend 50% on that and 50% on the solutions. And, you know, we may have a chance at, at doing some real good. And I think there's a lot of great journalism happening. So, there is. So I think that this is just a little bit of a different way to some tricks to apply when you're when you're moving forward. Definitely. And I and I think it will help a lot of activists out there who or advocates out there who aren't activists, but who who want their voice to be heard. And, and this is definitely uh, a system that that's going to work to give a lot of people that opportunity. So, Daniel Heimpel, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shannon. And uh, thank you all for listening out there. This is Shannon Fisher for Update One. You have been listening to Update One, a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Committee. You can comment on this show or any episode of Update One by going to facebook.com slash pressclubdc or on Twitter at pressclubdc. Thanks for listening to Update One.